make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be masked. Toughness, enthusiasm. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. We are here after a very exciting week 14, uh, well, at least an exciting end to week 14. Uh, the rest of it was, was really not that exciting, but uh, I am here today um, with Pep again. Pep, how you doing? I'm doing well. I think we did pretty well in our pick Did don't you think? Uh, I think we did. We made a little comeback uh, on the rest of the group. Um, we uh, had, some, had some good long wolves, each of us. Um, and uh, also today, we are joined by a special guest, uh, not a typical member of the Pro Football Joke staff, but uh, he is a Giants fan, uh, so he's not really welcome uh, most of the time. But today, since the, the Giants have lost and the football team won, we uh, decided to let him on. So uh, how are you doing, Nish? Yeah, appreciate that warm welcome, <laughs> Alex. Uh, it's good to be here. Delighted to be on the, the podcast. It's good to go on. Yeah, it's good to have you. All right, well, why don't we get started uh, with one of the most exciting games of Week 14, and it was also the last game. Uh, it was a shootout between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, never thought I'd say that. Uh, Browns have been such a doormat in the AFC North, but this year, cruising to playoff berth. Uh, but the Ravens were able to make a comeback, take them down. Uh, Mish, I know you uh, were watching the game with me. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway was that the Browns defense allowed Mark Andrews to be the Ravens' top receiver. You'd think that with such a high-profile, high-caliber player on the Ravens' offense that they would dial in and make sure that he was contained. But yeah, especially late in the game, with less less than a minute and 10 seconds to go, Mark Andrews makes, I believe it was two of his five receptions of the game for a huge game to, to push them down the field and, and kick that game in field goal. Yeah, once, once the Ravens got pulled back with that much time, you know, they, they really had been very effective passing the ball up until then. They were just destroying on the ground. And Lamar Jackson had a huge rushing game. Gus Edwards had a big rushing game. Um, and even J.K. Dobbins was solid as well. Um, but uh, Lamar completed like seven passes, like well into the third quarter. I think when he left in the, in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Um, and, but then uh, they, they were able to just drive down the field when they knew they couldn't run it at that point. Uh, and the Browns still couldn't defend, defend the pass. Uh, Pat, what, what were you thinking during that game? I know you're mostly thinking about your draft. Uh, other than that, always thinking about my draft. Kings lineups, but at the same time, uh, it was very impressive for Ravens coming back from all these COVID, you know, I wouldn't call them injuries, but, you know, just the COVID list and getting on the reserve list and our game is definitely wanted to get back at it, back out there per minute's point. However, they, they passed the ball well. It was a question who is going to get the ball? And are you thinking Miles Boykin? Are you thinking Willie Sneed? Are you thinking Hollywood Brown? Hollywood Brown dropped on it. But uh, very impressive win by the Ravens and very impressive showing by the Browns, by the way. I mean, Nick Chubb is the truth. And 
Nick Chubb is no doubt one of the best rushers in the NFL. For sure. And, and then you get Kareem Hunt. And, like, Baker doesn't have to do much. But Rashard Higgins has shown out, too. So I think it was a great showing for both teams, even though, like, the defenses let up 40 points both. I, I'm very impressed by both teams. And that was a great uh, division rivalry matchup that I don't think we've gotten in a long time. And I think from a neutral perspective, you have to say that the game is rather easy to watch given the fact that the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Browns uh, early in the NFL season. And, of course, you got it. You got the game hosted at the Browns Stadium, and the camera is able to pan in on some of those fans that are available and some of those fans that are just basically tweaking in the stands every time Baker Mayfield drops a 20-yard-plus pass. Incredibly exciting, good stuff to watch. Yeah, Baker actually quiet the crowd at one point. Uh, that's that's how loud that stadium was in the full capacity. Um, but uh, I, I do think like Browns fans, you can't be too upset with that loss. I don't know if you want to call it a moral victory, but it's like you essentially lost the game because your offense was too good. Like they got the ball back with minutes left, and they just scored too quickly because they were moving the ball too effectively. Um, and it's not even like they were even, you know, like on that last, on the touchdown play, you know, they, they dumped it off to Kareem Hunt. That like, he just went past everybody. Kareem Hunt is, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are just both so good. And uh, it, it's tough to stop Kevin's chance. He's offense has really been a success. Um, but I do want to just hit on, you know, kind of the, the big moment of the game where Lamar Jackson leaves, Trace McSorley comes in. Um, you know, there's there's some controversy over why Lamar Jackson left, um, but uh, eventually on the that last go ahead touchdown drive, uh, the Ravens needed. Trace McSorley gets hurt on third and five, right after the five play, coming up on fourth and five, and then Lamar Jackson trots back out on the field. Um, Pep, what did you think? Did you, First of all, why do you think Lamar Jackson? You think it was the Rams, and uh, what do you think of Lamar Jackson's first play back? Uh, you know, it it kind of reminds me of this uh, 2012 game with the uh, Washington football team versus the Ravens, and how Kirk Cousins had to come out and he came in as well. Obviously, not a good comparison, but. Um, you know, you know, Lamar Jackson's not that hurt, and then he comes back in, does his thing. But you know, it the Ravens were playing in a shootout, and they have to win. And the Ravens have been killed by the media. So, I mean, you put your star player back out there and make some dying throws. And I, I totally agree. Just have to get yeah. that out. It, 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 was, it was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, I don't know about the whole uh, gate thing. Um, I, I, I feel like it was gone for a long time. I don't know that uh, you know, he was in the bathroom that whole time. But uh, I think it was probably, it was probably just clips. Um, but let's be real. If Grace McSorley doesn't get hurt on that play, then Lamar Jackson's not getting back on the field. Like, 
even if Lamar Jackson was like, I was trying to the locker room, I saw Trey's went, went down, and then I was like, oh, shit, I gotta go, go out there. Um, so, I mean, if Trey's McSorley doesn't go hurt, get it. Uh, Lamar Jackson still in the locker room, and they have to run a fourth and five play, and I don't think they're getting it with Trace McSorley. Yeah, I definitely don't think uh, Lamar Jackson had mom's spaghetti in. But, <laughs> however, uh, that that's that's what the Ravens are. They're I, I keep saying this every podcast, but resiliency, even when your team gives up forty points, forty two, um, they're they're just such a good team, and they're so well built. Even if their wide receivers are lacking. Bit Hollywood Brown has a bad day. Um, you just like Mark Andrews coming back was probably my ex factor personally because Mark Andrews just is Lamar's go to target every single time. Yeah, and one more thing like, I think everybody went this year, the Ravens went this year thinking like Lamar Jackson has to evolve as a passer. He was so dynamic on the ground last year, but you know he's they they want to make it more of a pass central offense, um, just uh, or not not even a pass, not even you know a central part of their offense, but just more involved because they don't want to just focus so much on the run. But I don't know that they need to. Like, why does Lamar Jackson have to prove to the passer? Like, I mean, obviously you want to get better slowly, but I don't know why you need to integrate it more into your offense. He was the best player in the NFL last year because of his rushing. Let let him do that. I know eventually you might get him hurt. You might not have as long as the career as a Patrick Mahomes, but like I'd rather have ten years of this, or even you know five, six, seven years of peak Lamar Jackson and have him try to be something that he's not. Yeah, and also building on your point, I mean, we saw how the Ravens' offense ran with Robert Griffin on a tough week, but you know they're not just a rushing. They, they're they a passing team for sure. And you might even get Elvis Duvernay touchdown. You never know who's going to do it. But they, what I've noticed about them is they love tight ends. They love Rochelle. They love Mark Andrews. And I'll go back to Mark Andrews. Like, he is such a different player in this offense. And they, it, it, just was very true when Lamar Jackson came back in and started. Mark Andrews was a clear-cut difference maker against a Browns team that I would call a surgeon. And and you have to give credit to the Browns with Nick Chubb and Khalil Hunt on on track to be two running backs with a thousand rushing yards. And you know we're, we're joking around. Like, oh, we'll just throw Donovan Peoples Jones in our, our lineups. And, oh, we'll throw, throw um, Rashad, uh, Higgins. Rashad Higgins in our lineups. And, you know, it was true. So this team is very different every single week. Like, they, they play in inclement weather for the four weeks prior. However, they showed that they get a good passes. Um, yeah, I, I think that the Browns have been very impressive this past week. Different fancy offense working well. I don't know that I agree with 
we've spent enough time speaking, but we got to get the games to hit. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on. Um, another AFC North team, the team that's actually leading the AFC North right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers played on Sunday night football, uh, but they did not fare as well as either of the, the two teams we talked about previously, uh, especially on offense. Um, they really couldn't do anything against the Bills' defense. It really hasn't been that great uh, this year. Uh, it's definitely been – I, I actually do think it's gotten really good this past, these past few weeks with, with Tredavious way back and um, you know, all their other players healthy. I think the, the Bills' defense is really coming together. But Steelers' offense is looking like a problem. Um, what do you think is wrong with the Steelers' offense? Drops. Totally drops. I mean, Ben is throwing some pretty good Ben passes, and they're always making fun of Ben here, but it's not his fault. Drops are killing this team right now. They killed the team. They they killed the Steelers' team against the Washington football team with all these drops. And, uh, you know, I think there's a problem in the backfield right now as well yeah. with uh, choosing James Conner. Benny Snell. Uh, personally, I think Benny Snell is probably the better choice right now, but then throwing Jalen Samuels out there on, on third downs, and I don't blame them for that. However, I just think the offense is a big problem, and, and you know you have so many good teams on that defense, and it was clear. Was Joe Hayden out uh, last game? No, he was there. Uh, I mean, the defense pretty well, I think. Um, but I, I think that the, the offense, I, I don't know that Ben's playing well. I think, I, I know the drops are certainly a problem. Deontay Johnson has really had a dropping problem, but he gets open. And Big Ben has not been very active. If you look at the advanced metrics, he's been one of the least accurate quarterbacks this season. And he's also just not going downfield enough. We, Big Ben needs to be like the best deep passer in the NFL. Um, and now he's just kind of dinking and dunking, and he's not even doing it that well. And especially with the drops, it just doesn't work. Uh, that type of offense, when you're not just executing every every time. That's kind of how you run the West Coast offense. You have to you can make these easy plays, but you have to make it every time. Otherwise, you're not going to drive down the field. You need to make a bunch of plays in a row. And yeah, it, it, I, I agree with that totally. And they have so many good receivers in that core, but if James Washington is a deep threat, then you probably have a problem there. Uh, I obviously you want to bomb it downfield, and yeah. but this is the West Coast offense, and you want to think and dunk. But Juju Smith-Schuster, he's your perfect slot guy. Uh, Deontay Johnson is just a big body fella. Um, I mean, Ace Claypool has just disappeared. He's he's the guy who they would be targeting downfield, um, but it just hasn't happened. The Bills are the far superior passing team right now, and nobody nobody saw that this season. Well, you know, we talk about this all the time, but Josh Allen, he can just like on the back foot throw an eighty yard pass, and he's a beast. And I was thinking about this and how they've really built the Bills around Josh Allen and how a team should really do it. Even you can 
make fun of the names, Cole Beasley, Stefan Diggs, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. But that is the perfect group for Josh Allen. And even Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in the backfield. Josh Allen can really get it done. And if he wants to get it done, he'll get it done himself. Yeah, totally agree. Bills are probably the second best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, there's no doubt that the Bills are true. And Jerry Hughes missed the team bus five years ago. However, that defense is crazy good. And you got Micah Hyde on the backside. You've got Tredavious White. You just paid him. You've got Jerry Hughes. You, you've got such a good group. And um, the Bills, uh, going back on my contender versus pretender segment last week, the Bills are a contender. Oh, for sure. We, we didn't hide from the Bills last night. I think we just assumed they were, were contenders. Uh, I don't think that was even a question. Um, all right, why don't we move on to uh, you know our our favorite team's games, though. Let's start with uh, ours, at, uh, the football team. Um, they were able to get a win over the 49ers and uh, didn't even need an offensive touchdown to do it. Yes. Yes, they did not need to do it, but it was time. It was time for defense to really take over because everybody talked all this hype about how the Washington defense is really good. But let's talk about the offense. What's going on there? And um, the Washington defense just took over that game. And Montez Sweat and Chase Young really took over. And it felt like it felt like that playoff win in 2005 against the Buccaneers where uh, Sean Taylor uh, picks up that, that fumble for a touchdown and we win the game 16 to seven. And then we win this game. 23 to 7, 23 to 16. Yeah, 23 15. 23 15. But however, uh, it just, that, that is like the Washington football we know. And we are a top five defense easily. And Ronald Darby, by the way, is playing his butt off. He is such a good such a good cornerback and he just shuts down receivers very easily and um yeah i just i i can't say enough about how important this was obviously it puts us in first place in, in the nfc's but uh just just how re- resilient this team is and what what they're capable of doing like just even even if we're going against Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is probably one of the better backups in the league. And he is he is doing pretty darn well for the 49ers uh, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. So hats off to them. Hats off to the 49ers like doing as well as they are with all the injuries. But this was a much needed for the Washington football team. And just a much needed win for all the guys. You see how Chase Young is making a difference on this defense, and 
how well that line just uh, just mushes together. And I just love watching the guy. I, I love watching Jace on on the side and on his own. And he's a beast. I would say, uh, you know, it's a highly it's a highly motivating way in the sense that you guys are riding this wave of momentum right now as a football club where your defense has essentially become the identity of the team. And that's, that's something that has, at least in my supporter history of being a Giants fan, having a strong defensive line and in that, on that side of the ball, it's something that can propel a team to great heights. And I'm talking late Super Bowl runs fucking, you know, the most unfathomable uh, results for a football team. So to see the Redskins, you know, essentially defeat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers with strong defensive effort and then to come out to San Francisco 49ers and execute absolutely stellar defense and single-handedly win the game on that side of the ball is something that Redskins fans would be super excited about. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Yeah. This was the Jordan Reed bench game, right? And we, yeah. George Kittle's in there. That might have been some trouble. But this this game was so uh, just, just so important for the team. It's incredibly Chase Young, the one that's able to scoop the fumble and sprint into the end zone for 40 yards with his athleticism, given the fact that Chase Young has had such a dominant season on the defensive line and defensive front. Yeah, it's very fitting he's able to kind of get his spotlight and sort of sort of show him, show off his his brute athleticism. He was a little he was a little stagnant last week, but he he showed up this week, and that's yeah, he, what was he, he went through a little bit of a cold streak. Um, but I, this this week I haven't got to get more of a dominant game any defender's had all season. It really his coming out party, if you will. Um, I guess week one was also an amazing game for him. So uh, I don't know that you can call it that, but really just, just a fantastic. I think he's probably on track to win rookie of the year now with, with this performance. Uh, I, I think there aren't too many other strong contenders. So I think he's he's probably locked it up. Um, even with a, a bit of a cold stretch in there with not a lot of pressures and sacks. Uh, but this one... I think locks it up for him. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the football team is well on their way to winning the East. Um, but there is another team still in contention here. Uh, your team uh, suffered a tough loss last week. Daniel Jones' return didn't go quite as planned, uh, kind of got shut down by the Cardinals. Um, what, what, what did you think watching this game? Well, uh, yeah, my first thoughts watching the game, uh, I had an immediate concern for the amount of freedom that Kyler Murray had. Um, even when our defensive line was able to break through and provide a little bit of pressure, the athleticism of Murray, he was able to escape. He was able to scramble. You see, he had almost 50 yards of you know, rushing off. On top of that, he threw zero picks, one touchdown. I mean, Murray. Right, all season we know that, but the bottom line is, you know, we're we're a team that relies on both sides of the ball operating, and we we just didn't didn't show any kind of 
desire or execution on offense and the one touchdown that we had in that game shows for it. Are you worried about uh, Daniel Jones's ability to hold on to the football? So here's the thing about Daniel Jones. I like him as a quarterback. I think he's a quarterback. I don't have any issues with him being the franchise quarterback. Um, I think the one thing that Daniel Jones has to be aware of is that he's got a target on his back being this turnover-prone player. So a lot of the guys that are able to get to him and sack him are always able to punch the ball out or make a play on that ball. Uh, so he needs to be aware of that. He needs to you know, go down in the right way and secure the football as, as he feels the pressure coming. Um, granted, the Cardinals' defensive line, a fantastic day. I believe they had one player have a you know a franchise record breaking day of five sacks. Yeah, Hassan Reddick. You know, take nothing away from Hassan Reddick making excellent plays. But bottom line is, yeah, the, the Cardinals outplayed the Giants. I'll be a you know a Giants fan, an honest Giants fan, and I'll be one to admit they deserve the loss. And the Cardinals outplayed Well, yeah. the NFC West is very tough division to play, and the Cardinals just came off a tough loss, so. You know, the Cardinals defense showed out in a way that we did not expect. But Kyler Murray kind of got back on feet quite literally and rushed for a bunch of yards. So um, pretty good win by the Cardinals coming yeah. off a, a game where the Giants just beat the Seahawks. So they had a game plan in mind. And... Uh, yeah, I think this was all on the, on the Cardinal defense. I mean, eight sacks in total. Ron Reddick has really been – I mean, this is a guy who was looking like bust, uh, you know, the past couple of years. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're really playing the opposite. Well, the pass rusher. What and round did they – First round. Like the 13th, I believe. Um, yeah, and they're, they're, they they – Draft him. He played, you know, as an outside linebacker, pass rusher, Temple. Uh, but they tried to put him, you know, at inside linebacker and see if he can make plays off the ball. Um, didn't really work out this year. Daniel Jones goes down, and Son Reddick's been a great top, top pass rusher. He's done a great job. And this this was really his, obviously his best game with five sacks. Um, but anyway, uh, it'll, it'll be a little tough for the Giants to win now with the Browns coming up next week. You never know. It's, uh, it's possible in the East, so. Yeah, well, it's sorry to cut you off, Alex. I think it's also a use of personnel. Like, going back to the football team, I'm sorry, guys. But, like, going back to that 4-3 defense after we saw the 3-4 for 10 years, just the way he used us. And um, shoot, uh, number 20 on the Cardinals, Dion. Dion Buchanan? Dion Buchanan. Dion Buchanan. He's, he's on the Chiefs. Uh, he is on uh, the Falcons, I think. I know that's not right. I, I can't remember where he is now. This guy was a safety, but they drafted him as a linebacker. Yeah. And. Then last year, horrible year for 
football team, but uh, they were dropping Montez Sweat back into coverage, and Montez Sweat had seven dropbacks in his whole entire college career. And we were running the 3 4 defense. So I just want to come back to that and say Jack Del Rio is doing a great darn job with this football team. And I know it's tough with, with the Cardinals getting as many sacks as they have because the Cardinals are not the best defense in the league. However, um, I guess you'll, you'll never know what you get with any of these NFC teams. True. All right, well, why don't we get talk about one more NFC East team? Uh, the Eagles had uh, kind of a, a revelation at quarterback here. I, I talked about it last week, Jalen Hurts, you know, being named the starting quarterback. I said, you know, there's no way he's going to get started the next year unless he lights it up. Well, he kind of lit it up. He beat the, the Saints, who were the best team in the NFC. They were on an eight-game winning streak um, or nine-game winning streak, I think. Um, and he just snapped it. He ran for over 100 yards. I mean, didn't have a, a huge day past the ball, but clearly unlocked that offense. Uh, really, just as a running team, Miles Sanders finally had a good game. Uh, he had been quiet for a long time. I'd take it down. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people are going to point. I'm, you're probably going to point to Jason Hill, but uh, I definitely looked like a different Eagles offense against what had been one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL uh, over the past month or couple of months. I won't put it all on Taysom Hill. Um, you know, he, he put it out to his star receivers. He put Michael Thomas in the action. He put Alvin Kamara in the action. Um, I think this is one of those kind of weird times where you don't have enough tape on a player. And maybe it was just uh, just a mix-up, and you didn't know who was who was really starting for the Eagles. Yeah, I I, I kind of I'm still a little bit Jalen Not that I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be good. I don't think that's still yet to be seen. But uh, just I don't know that the Eagles' offense is just going to become this electric offense. But, I, I think it was just something where they kind of caught the team by surprise. I think Gaylord's presence definitely lit a spark uh, for the other players. They were excited to have him in. Um, and then saw that James got fed off of energy. Um, but I don't know that they have quite the, the personnel right now um, with some of the injuries and the people. But the injuries are on the line and you know, the lack of talent and receiver right now that I, I still think is there. Um, I, I don't think they're suddenly going to become a contender. I, I would be surprised if they beat the Cardinals next week, but who knows? I, I, I don't know that much about Jalen Hurts. He could just be in the next Lamar Jackson. Who knows? Yeah, and hats off to uh, Carson Wentz for being the class act. And, you know, it's it's tough to get benched, and we've seen a lot of quarterbacks take, take this very hardly, I guess. But Jalen Hurts has uh, run that offense pretty well, as we saw against the Saints. Um, but at the same time, the 
rely heavily on the rushing game, like you were saying. And Miles Sanders had kind of a resurgence, and all Sean Jeffrey had a touchdown. Sorry, I was trying to say for myself. All Sean Jeffrey had a freaking touchdown. Um, so things are weird for the Eagles right now, but they're definitely still in the hunt. Uh, it's it's tough for them odds wise, but the the Eagles will I, I I don't know what they'll do because we talked about this last week sending Carson Wentz to the Colts. Um but depending on how Jalen Hurts plays, uh I can I cannot rule out any possibilities right now. Yeah, I, I don't think we need to talk about possibilities for Carson Wentz again uh, right now, you know, we'll see once the end of the season happens, but I do think it's looking more likely that he's not going to be in Philadelphia, I guess. Well, again, the contract's kind of a, a problem, but less likely to be a starter, at least for, for the Eagles. Um, all right, why don't we talk about the, uh, the MVP race real quick? Um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers he might be in the lead right now. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws three picks on on Sunday, a little uncharacteristic there. Um, since he only had two in all the games prior. Um, but still having a great season. I mean, I, I, I think that's a little bit overrated that he threw three picks because the Chiefs were still kind of dominant in that game. Um, but Aaron Rodgers looked great all season. Uh, again, kind of lit up the Lions. Uh, although the Lions were, were competitive in the game, but the, the Packers offense uh, continues to, to, to roll. Um, with really just one receiver, Devontae Adams is a pretty consistent guy, and MBS made some plays, and he's made some plays and points, but he's been inconsistent. Robert Thompson has showed up in spots, but again, like Devontae Adams is really consistent receiver now, he's like the receiver in the NFL. But that aside, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers, do you think Aaron Rodgers is leading the MVP race? I think he is. And it's so hard to choose between him and Patrick Mahomes. But we were talking about this. I, I think everybody was talking about this. Going into the season, they used their first-round draft choice on the quarterback, Jordan Love. And maybe he will get some love. <laughs> but um, they just they never surround him. And like you were saying, MVS has some plays. Alan Lazard is balling out for what a third string receiver should be. And Devontae Adams is crushing it right now. But Aaron Rodgers is really making it happen. Some days Aaron Jones shows up, some days he doesn't. And yeah, exactly. So, like, You've got Jamal Williams as your starting running back. And Aaron <laughs> Rodgers gets it done. Yeah, I don't know starting running back, but yeah. But also, they do have probably the best pass-protecting offensive line in, in the NFL. And just one of the best offensive lines overall. So that's definitely been a huge help to, to their offense. But Aaron Rodgers has played fantastic. Uh, I definitely wouldn't count Patrick Mose out. He's been not a Patrick Mose. Like, he's been conversation for much of the year. It's a 
alive. Yeah, so, it's, just, it's kind of sad that Russ isn't in the conversation anymore. Yeah, he's had a bit of a slump, and you know, there's just a, I mean, not, not really even a slump, but just he, he hasn't kept pace with Rogers and Holmes. And uh, I, I feel like this happens for us kind of every year. He just has like a little bit of a part where he's just not not putting up the numbers, and a lot of it is because of his teams. Um, but that just kind of puts him out of the race when you know other guys are just doing it all season. Um, I do also think it helps Rogers. I think everybody mentions that you know MVP is kind of a narrative of an award, and Mahomes, the fact that he's just constantly talked about as the best quarterback in the NFL, I think that was Rogers' problem for a long time. You know, people just got used to him being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Same thing with Tom Brady, like why they just you know, kind of looking left out for the guy who was hot this year. But the fact that Rodgers had a couple down years and now he's coming back, I think, kind of helps his case. Yeah, absolutely. And he has shown time and time again that he can just beast it out. And he's not a dick-and-duck quarterback. I mean, what's interesting about Rodgers this season is that he's made – He's made a lot of players around him make, uh, you know, look a lot better than they were supposed to be on paper. I For mean, sure. if you looked at me at week one and said Robert Tiger Jr. was going to be a top five tight end uh, during week 14, I, you know, I would have called him crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's the reality. He's a top five tight end. He's statistically better than Mark Andrews, uh, <laughs> who is one of my favorite tight ends in the league. Also, I own him in fantasy, so I'm a little biased. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a talent, and he's been a talent for uh, several years. And to Alex's point, you know, now that he's a little bit under the microscope, uh, you know, you, you see the likes of Patrick Mahomes, you know, shining and uh, being talked about constantly. You know, Aaron Rodgers is confirming his place in the league as, you know, a top three, top four, top five quarterback, whatever you want to argue. For sure. I think he's uh, he's earned that. I've never been the you know, biggest Rodgers fan, but I, I think there's no doubt he's played. Even when Devontae Adams, the game, Devontae Adams was out, you know, he was still producing. So um, rather than really that one buck game, he's been, uh, you know, close to just perfect this season. He hasn't – that's really been his only bad game. Um but I, so I think uh, he, right now he's leading the MVP race. Patrick Mahomes is right on his tail. Um, so we'll see if he ends up winning it. I like it. It's interesting. Could, could end up playing for the Super Bowl, too, which uh, might be a little more important. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. Speaking of MVPs, uh, why don't we talk about uh, Mitch Trubisky? Uh, he seems to have made this Bears offense relevant and watchable again. Um, Pep, I know you lone wolf the Bears last week. I think you're lone wolfing them again this week. Um, I, actually, I think somebody else might have taken them. I think Screw took them as well. But how do you feel about the, the Bears' offense with Mitch Trubisky at the helm? Well, it's not just Mitch Trubisky at the helm. Obviously, A-Rob is making plays, but we've got to worry Dave Montgomery. Dave Montgomery. They're relying heavily on the rushing game, and I hate it when Cordero Patterson is in the lineup. But they're they're running heavily, and that's what they do best. 
And instead of putting Mitch Trubisky in a shotgun formation, he's easily going to get sacked. Um, and just let that defense do their thing and uh, just go back to 2018 and form. So this team is definitely in for me. Um, I know that might be an overreaction, but I love either Dave Montgomery, and he's coming out as a really good running back. Yeah, I think definitely uh, he's had some really good matchups here, uh, but I think he's earned kind of place as you know, a quality starter. I don't know, he's really like an elite running back, somebody who really good the needle for me, but uh, I think he's definitely proven that you know if you if you need to ride him, then you can. He's one of those guys that kind of like uh, I don't know, like a Lamar Miller type that uh, you know can be a starter out there, and uh, you, you can give you can give him you know the majority of the touches, um, and he's he can produce when 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 you do that. Um, again, I, I don't think he's like an elite running back by any means. Um, but I think having him along with Emma Robinson, and they, they have some weapons. Darnell Mooney's kind of shown a little bit. Uh, Anthony Miller's kind of disappeared in this offense. Um, yeah, that that is a good question, fantasy-wise. Darnell Mooney, what do you think about him? I mean, I'm not starting in the fantasy playoffs, and that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, don't know, I guess in like, if you're doing like a daily fantasy lineup, and he's, you can get him on the cheap, then maybe. But I'm not, not trusting my fantasy championship to Darnell Mooney. Well, you trusted it to Zach Pascal, dude. <laughs> That's true. I did win a fantasy championship with Zach Pascal and Greg Ward. So I guess anything's possible. But unless you're just desperate, like Chris Godwin and Josh Jacobs were out. Uh, I don't think you're, you're starting Darnell Mooney. Um, all right, let's move on to speaking of that quarterback well, uh, let's uh, talk about Drew Lockheed. Four touchdowns. Anything to say about that, Jeff? I know you were you were bashing him last week. I was happy for KJ Hamler. I was too. He was on my uh, dynasty about the playoffs, so it didn't matter. But yeah, it's nice to see uh, the potential of the future. I like a lot of the numbers, but I think Drew Lockheed probably not the quarterback of the future, but I love both the Broncos and the Pickums, so. You did. You did. I give you credit for that. Yeah. But I don't Other really... than that, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to say bottom line of this game was this was a balanced contest against two losing record football teams. You know, we're talking about total yard separation for both teams, under ten yards. Broncos at three sixty five, Panthers at three seventy. It's just an interesting contest overall, and you know it's it's cool. It, like like you were saying, Alex, it's cool to see Drew Lock kind of have a a nice day with four touchdowns, and thought they deserved the win. Yeah, it's nice to see at least this like in the record outcome for him, because there there are a lot of interesting receivers on this team, especially next year when Cortland Sutton comes back, um, and then they'll really be loaded uh, with weapons. So they need you know a quarterback that can support production for all these guys. Um, I know the Broncos fans are really looking forward to more Drew Lock uh, touchdown <laughs> celebrations as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, we'll see if we uh, you know, can get any of those. But 
I think he'll probably be the front of quarterback next year because I don't know if they're really going to have many other options. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to another team with uh, some quarterback questions, and they've been uh, going back and forth. Uh, it's Pat's uh, favorite quarterback to return, Carter Minshew, the stash back. Um, the Titans kind of dominated the Jaguars in this game, but the Jags were like, all right, let's. Let's put Gardner Minky back in, and he's named the starter for next week. Um, and uh, I think he's uh, probably the best quarterback on this roster. Um, Derek Henry also had a monster game. I guess that's another storyline for this game. But, uh, Pep, you want to comment on the return of Gardner Minky? Yeah. Good comeback for Gardner Minky. Um, very proud of him and very sad that his family his very hyped family was was not there. So I I, I wish the best for Gardner Mitchell and I wish the best for the team that has to face Derek Henry. <laughs> yeah, it's not the December. Uh, or Titans be rolling. Uh, I don't know. I think Gardner Mitchell's ground up one more bit for the Jags. Maybe get the weeks and cap it off to the win and week one. Week 17, lose every game in between. You know, the weird thing about the Titans is you kind of, you kind of see them having this season of, of the past where they get Derrick Henry going, they get the offense going, they have really impressive wins throughout the season, they have a winning record, they kind of, they're kind of entering the playoffs as this, this team that's sort of caught fire, has a lot of momentum, but then they sort of see someone in the playoffs that is of an equal caliber. And they make some some crazy mistakes, and they make some miscues on offense, and all of a sudden they're they're out of the playoffs again. And you just say you kind of chalk it off as another standard Titans season. So the Titans are very interesting in the sense that I would I would like to see them make a little bit of a deeper run in the playoffs this season. Uh, you know, kind of ride the coattails of Henry's dominance, on, you know, on the run game. But again, you, you could see them at the very same time just crashing out of the playoffs as they do in the past. Yeah, and you can't rule out like AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Um love AJ Brown. Very explosive player. A lot of quality in his catchability. I think he's a great athlete. I would say AJ Brown is the second biggest wide receiver in the league next to DK Metcalf. And AJ Brown he's just such a big body dude. And when the Titans go down, we were talking about this last week, but when the Titans go down, they go to Corey Davis as well. And I I, I don't see John U. Smith like yeah, making a push in the playoffs. <laughs> like he's disappeared, but yeah. Yeah. And Anthony Ferkser has become their <laughs> number one tight end. But I I don't See uh, the Titans not passing the ball anymore. What's great about this team is because there's such a there's such a focal point on Derrick Henry. It sort of unlocks AJ Brown to have that deep threat. And as long as the offensive coordinator for the Titans is able to dial up a nice, you know, uh, under your nose deep threat play, AJ Brown, and if Tannehill is able to throw an accurate pass to him, 
you know, you have to trust that AJ Brown is going to make that catch. I've only I've only seen AJ Brown drop like one deep pass where he was open. Yeah, and, 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 and Ryan Tannehill's stats really aren't as bad as you think they are. Um, I didn't want to, but he's he's a good he's a good quarterback. We talked about he's probably a quarterback this year. Um, I I mean I, I like the play offense a lot. I think their defense is getting slightly better, um, not that much better. I mean, obviously. It's tough for them to be so I don't know. They were expecting to go deeper than where they went last year, which was they were thinking, went to the AFC Championship game, so it's hard. I, I don't know if the team is a Super Bowl team, but we'll, we'll see. I, I guess they, I, like I said, I thought they were going to be so I guess they have a chance, but I, obviously I didn't think the Chiefs so favorite. I, I wouldn't put them ahead of the Bills. Uh, I guess the Steelers might be a. Uh, Potential team, but the, the Browns destroyed them when they played. So, yeah, we'll see the Titans. Um, but I, I do think they're at least in the mix in the AFC. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Cowboys, Bengals, Andy Dalton revenge game. I don't think we really care that much, but it was nice to see Andy Dalton, you know, get get a win against his former team. I guess probably not for Reed. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, that's and it. That, that's pretty much it on that game. Um, Thursday night football, Patriots Rams. Looks like the Patriots are finally, they're, they're pretty much done now. I don't think there's any way that they make the playoffs with that loss. Well, I think one thing we need to talk about is Cam Akers and that and how they use their running backs. And for our listeners going into fantasy. True. Cam um, Akers had a huge game. Uh, I, I, I think you know he's definitely startable against the Jets for sure. Um, but I don't know that I would expect this type of game again. Um, Darrell Henderson was a little banged up going into this game. I think they pretty much stopped using Donald Brown because he's not that good. Um, but I think Darrell Henderson is still pretty good. Might might be better than Cam Akers, honestly, in my opinion. But. Uh, I, I think Cam Akers is going to get the bulk of the, the touches, but he's not going to get 30 touches tonight, kind of like like he did on, on Thursday night. So uh, I guess the Jets can catch up. Um, you can start him, but don't expect him to have another 170 yard game. Well, it's sort of like it's sort of like the wet dream of games for Sean McVay because he's been, he's been sort of pushing this this run heavy. You know, offense throughout the year saying we're going to ground and pound, saying we're going to develop our run game this season. And he's he's gone ahead and gave, gave Cam Akers the ball you know, for 29 carries that game versus the Patriots. And as the scoreline shows, it's completely paid off. They, they dominated. Cam Akers has you know, 171 yards on the ground. Highly impressive performance from him. And then you have a, a rather pedestrian game from Jerry Goff throwing for, you know, a modest one touchdown, one interception, 137 yards. But like I said, the run game was ideal, and they got it done and favorably knocked out the Patriots of the playoff you know, projection from from a neutral perspective. Many fans across the NFL, I'm sure, happy to see the Patriots out of the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think the game plan was run through run because the Patriots are very big on the this year, and um, 
Cam Akers was the guy. Uh, Malcolm Brown clearly was not. But so sad. So sad. <laughs> yeah, now the, the run game of the Rams has been the, their strength all season. I mean, they've been doing this, uh, you know, pretty much every week. They've just been splitting it a bunch of, you know, between a bunch of different guys. Uh, so, I mean, this was just, you know, we're going to give the ball to Cam Akers, you know, 29 times, and he's going to, he's going to, and also a good match against a very bad Patriots front seven. They have a great secondary, but so it, it was, it was a very good matchup for the Rams. Uh, I, I thought Philadelphia might be able to steam around it, but ultimately, is the the Rams too much? They had they had the advantage there. Their offensive line against the Patriots front seven, and Cam Akers played very well. So, uh, good job. I, I think you can start Cam Akers going forward for sure. Uh, I think you can probably start Akers and Henderson. Malcolm Brown is really involved. I think you can start both those guys because the Rams rushing offense is that good. Can we briefly? Sorry, off that. Can we briefly? Because this has been twenty minutes been on my. Can we briefly talk about the state of Cam and whether or not his identity on the Patriots is something that Patriots fans can get behind? Uh, is this is this a concern at quarterback for the for the diehard Patriots fans, or, or can they see this as a good fit for the offense? Well, I would say no. Even though he has more interceptions than passing touchdowns. Uh, he has what, twelve rushing touchdowns in the year. Eleven, I believe. So, I mean, they have fundamentally changed this offense. Um, I mean, I think they are the best of what they got. I don't, I can't think of their first choice at quarterback. Um, they, you know, signed him for a very small deal. You know, one year, eight million. Yeah, one year, one point seven five million, and he so he's like on an incredible minimal contract. I don't know if he's a quarterback next year. We'll see about that. I think he probably will be because I don't know if they're going to have many other options. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they're not going to get a super high pick to be able to pick one of those top quarterbacks, uh, but they will be picking higher. It takes a long time, so I guess they'll have a have a shot with somebody, and uh, it could be a situation where you know, they have him and a rookie, and camp starts the season, and the rookie takes over. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I don't think he's the long-term answer there, and I don't think he, he ever really was. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely – I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm biased. I'm not saying, but it's definitely refreshing to see the Patriots sort of battle the pipeline. This is something that yeah. – you know, the neutral NFL fan, Belichick. And uh, it's a very interesting narrative watching, you know, Belichick sweat it out on the sideline every week. And it's not totally Cam's fault. I mean, I don't know. Bill Belichick knows how to draft special teams players. He knows how to draft defensive players. Um, however, on the offensive side, we have seen Neil Harry. <laughs> we have seen so many yeah, Jacoby Myers had a little season for himself. Yeah, good for him. And, and you're a big guy, like the 
Patriots are six and seven. Uh, so so is the football team, and there's like a very different vibe of those teams. Um, part of it is just the, the division the football team are in, but uh, but yeah, just it's just kind of funny that it's still it's it's very concerning for us to be six and seven, where the Patriots fans are just yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is what you get. They had it going. They did. Uh, I think they've uh, you know, had enough success for several lifetimes. So, uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, the team that has taken over uh, the Patriots' former quarterback, Buccaneers, uh, Tom Brady. Um, Good segue. Didn't, didn't have, I thank you, Mish. I appreciate the compliment of my host of duties. Uh, yeah, Bucks, Vikings. Uh, Bucks were able to win this game. Fairly easily, I think the Vikings. I still think Vikings are definitely a playoff contender. Um, I don't know if they're real, but to anyone, um, I think this was kind of proof of that that their team just wasn't up to competing with some of the more talented teams in the NFC. Uh, do you agree with that? Pat? Yeah, I agree with that a lot. I mean, there's only so much that can buy them to franchise, and Kirk obviously has great targets and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and even Irv Smith out there. But I mean, however, it's always tough to beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. However, I, I this team is what five. The Bucks are the Six and seven. Yep. And the one. NFC that's a record. Yeah. They're one game out of the one into the hour by the Cardinals. Um yeah, it's a it's a tough one, but I think as a show like uh, I mean the strength of this team is their offense. I mean, Kirk and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen have all been doing well. Obviously Kirk is arguably the best running back in the NFL. I think we all agreed a couple weeks ago that he was the best running back in the NFL. Um, yeah, 14 touchdowns. Yeah, and uh, he's continued to play well. Um, Justin Jefferson really just like I said, with, with uh, Justin Herbert, got a slump here. He might be the favorite for rookie, offensive rookie of the year. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that they can get that seven seed battle. Can be able to any, any of the good teams in the, in the NFC. So one uh, thing, unfortunate. One thing you're talking about, Alex, is uh, how the Vikings' defense is a shell of what they used to be. Oh, for sure. And so I I don't see that happening. And like we love Kirk, it's gonna put up three. You you don't love Kirk. Stop lying. Okay, maybe I don't love Kirk. Maybe I love Alex Smith more. Yeah, but um, they're they're a show of what they used to be. I love Kirk, unfortunately. I don't think the team has a chance. Kirk, I think Kirk is a good quarterback. He's not a quarterback. I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy. I think he's you know somebody who can carry a bad team to a to a Super Bowl. Um, but he can carry a bad team to the playoffs, and that's kind of what the Vikings 
team is, and I think they can maybe maybe not. Uh, so, uh, it's, it, but again, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it can be the It's really can beat the Saints and the Packers, whoever ends up being the two seed. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on. We've got a couple of games left. Uh, Jets, Hawks. Um, Pep, you think the Jets are going on sixteen? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, so this is a nice contract game for the Seahawks, but I don't know if it really means much against the, the Jets. Seahawks needed that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a nice get right game for Russ. Uh, and I think I, 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 I think the Seahawks are obviously still a contender. I think Russ can take them, take them as far as. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. So good game for the Seahawks. Um, Two games left. Uh, Colts Raiders. Uh, Raiders. Um, it's Derek Carr said this was a different from last year, and they're not going to collapse. Uh, basically, what they've done is completely collapse. Because uh, the Colts, did, I don't expect the Colts to beat the Raiders. I expected the Colts to beat the Raiders, but they just completely dominated that game. Jonathan Taylor had in this game as a, as a pro, um, and. T.Y. Hill had another He's been good again, I guess. Uh, I don't know that I really believe in it. Stan, but Colts are pretty good. Yeah, the Colts are looking really good. They're built up all around. Uh, they have the offensive line. They have the defensive line. They have the linebacker core. Um, they've got, who's that great name? Cornerback, Rockison. Yeah, Rockison made plays. I mean, they're they're built up to make a run, and I have so much fun watching this team. And, and the way it frustrates me in DraftKings, um, at the same time, I just love seeing them. Just like. Change up their that group for sure. I, I think it's uh, it's been good. I was a huge down of the season, so I am glad he uh, he's finally kind of emerged here. Um, and yeah, I'm very concerned about the Raiders. I, I think they are. I I I never thought they were very talented, but their coaching and their execution was kind of masking that. But I didn't expect them to just fall apart like this. I thought they could at least beat like the the lesser team in the NFL and that's competitive with the other teams. Um, and they haven't really done that over the past three or four weeks. Um, and last game found Chargers, I, I really did. That's just depressing to talk about. So uh, plus my overreaction uh, involves it. So we can just skip that and move to uh, to, uh, to our overreaction. Um, uh, Mitch, uh, do you have your own reaction? I know this is your first time doing this segment, so um, do, do you have one ready, or do you want to let Pep go first? Yeah, I think I'm ready. All right. Uh, my reaction is the the fact that is placing so much faith in Mike McCarthy for the head coach next season. My overreaction is essentially that the 
Dallas Cowboys will rebound from this season and go on to dominate force of the NFC East in the 2021 NFL season. I think Mike McCarthy is going to charge that team to victory and completely revitalize the offense and defense uh, due to the faith in, uh, you know, the faith that Jerry Jones has in Mike McCarthy. I think that's a great, wow. great decision. Jerry Jones <laughs> Mike McCarthy is a great football coach. Yeah, sounds uh, pretty sincere there. Uh, I think they just beat Daniel 39, so that's pretty convincing. Thanks for all the Yeah. All right, Pep, uh, you got your overreaction, right? Might not be an overreaction, but folks, I love drive games. And listen to me right now. Captain Austin Eckler. Okay? Ooh. Nine targets, nine receptions. 20 rushing attempts. Go for it. I, I like that. I helped me make the fantasy semifinals last week. So I uh, definitely like that. And like my Chargers, uh, a lot of them are my fantasy teams. Uh, my reaction actually has to do with the Chargers, too. Uh, and is that the Chargers have the worst game management that I've ever seen by any team ever. Can I we mean, talk about that? Yes, that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, the situation half was just just incredible. They were third one at like the fifteen yard line. They ran the ball. There were twenty seconds left. There were like twenty three seconds left. They tried to run the ball on third and one with no timeouts. Like what? 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 Best case scenario. They, well, the best case scenario was I guess you break the run into the end zone and score a touchdown, but that's not realistic. If you want to score the touchdown, the best your best bet is fast for it. Running the ball, nothing. If you pick the pick up the first down, then you just have to hurry up, spike it, and then kick a field goal that's one yard closer. Like, what are you gaining here? That's your best case scenario. Your worst case scenario is exactly what happens. You get stuffed, you can't run the field goal unit on, and don't kick the field goal, and you didn't give yourself a chance for the touchdown. So I, I just don't understand. Anthony Lynn after was like, oh, yeah, you can't run the ball there. It's like, he like did he not know that they were running? It was like he just didn't know that they were going to run the ball there. He, I, I, I just – you, you got to talk to your offense quarter. You got to know what's going on. I, I, I know you like Anthony, but I don't think he's going to survive this season. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, there is a team at one point. Sorry, my chair is squeaking. But there was one point where this team was 13 and 3. And Anthony was calling all the rage shots. And now you just you have people puncturing lungs. You you just <laughs> you have Caitlin Balage on the team. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh it's tough for the Chargers, but uh, overall, uh, you know they've got a lot of things to look forward to. They got Justin Herbert, who looks like uh, even though even though he's had a bit of a slump here, um, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's been last three games he's thrown three touchdowns, four picks. His first uh, first nine starts, he threw twenty two touchdowns and six picks. I mean, he went down from seven point seven yards per attempt. Just over five yards for example, over the last three 
game. So great player. But yeah, no, I think he's gonna be a, a, a great player for years to come. I, I think he'll get out of this, and we might start this uh, Thursday night, uh, which uh, we'll we'll see um, against the Raiders, uh, who've been struggling. So I'm lone wolf in the Chargers in that game. We'll see what happens. Um, I know that's pretty unusual taking lone wolf in the Chargers. Um, but uh, I think it's good spot here, guys. Me, uh, great having you on. Yeah, thanks for. Having- yeah, I enjoy your first time on the, the Pro Football Jokes podcast. I had a great time. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys for being so accommodating. Uh, my one closing remark would be be sure to catch the New York Giants primetime uh, close to the Christmas holiday. They're playing the Cleveland Browns. It's sure to be a riveting matchup. Uh, you know, get your drink on, order some takeout, enjoy the game. Let's watch Daniel Jones throw some nice touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. And some Saturday football uh, this week, too. So uh, a lot a lot of football to look forward to. Uh, and uh, in case we don't see you before the uh, holidays, uh, have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from the uh, Pro Football Jokes staff. We'll see you next time. Make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Toughness, enthusiasm. Yeah!